This episode is brought to you by Atmosphere Press, a hybrid publisher helping authors publish books their readers will love. As this is the Hybrid Author Podcast, I'm absolutely thrilled to have a hybrid publisher as a sponsor. And Atmosphere Press are a wonderful bunch of people made up of an international team of book professionals bringing books from raw manuscripts all the way through editorial, proofreading, interior design, cover design, publication, global distribution and publicity. In true hybrid style, Atmosphere Press authors keep all their book rights and are involved every step of the way. They have free book giveaways and free author publicity opportunities available right now. So head on over to atmospherepress.com, links in the show notes, and they are especially eager to publish new work from Australian authors. So make sure to reach out to them for a manuscript review. And don't forget to make mention of the Hybrid Author Podcast in your query or cover letter, which will get you a special expedited review. Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. Hello, authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with award-winning writer, keynote speaker, creativity specialist and children's author Joel McCarroll on writing graphic novels for kids. And we chat about Joel's first junior fiction graphic novel, Urban Legend Hunters, The Dreaded Mr. Snipe, published by Larrikin House. Whether you need to be a visual person to write graphic novels, his advice to authors looking to write in this genre and score a traditional publishing deal and much more. So in my author adventure this week, it feels like it's been a week of clearing the decks, just working through my built up to do list of administration tasks, which to be honest, I've felt have been avalanching me for a while. <laughs> uh, you know, my inbox has been full of some emails, like all these red flags, and I've just got a big a sort of notes open and a running list of things that need to be done and just trying to prioritize hierarchy of jobs and what needs to be done. So it feels so good once you get you clear the decks and uh, so I, I've been busy booking in the next batch of guest recordings for the podcast that's not going to be until mid-March now because I am busy getting ready for my the literary festival that I'm speaking at on the 7th of March roadblocks in writing that's at Australian Library, Thursday, the 7th of March so if you're down that way come and join in come and say hello and look us up that would be great I have also undertook my first written interview for World Class Performer and uh, that was quite a different experience actually and one that was really enjoyable. So recently I the shared that, well I shared on social media that I had my first podcast appearance which was at, with TRBM, that's the Reluctant Book Marketing Podcast with Jodie J. Sperling. So if you haven't seen that, I, I shared the links on social media, I shared it in the episode last week as well and also obviously my episode with Jodie went out last 
last week too because we did like a back-to-back podcast session and so that was my first podcast interview which was natural for me I think and uh, so that and this written interview was really good too so I mean you get to obviously write your answers no one's kind of there and then just send them through so yeah I, I like that style as well so that was really interesting and I'll share when that comes out online I've been busy doing a financial plan for the book business and that is to do with the book, the business course that I've been doing and uh, that's been a little bit eye-opening in terms of just the actual terms that are used within a business plan. I feel like financial stuff is not my forte, it's not my strong suit in business but the, this is really helping actually so yeah I mean it's all, it's a business and then this, this, this financial plan is part of the, the author business plan as well. It's not just an author business plan, there's there's more to it. I call it the book business but uh, the hybrid author business I suppose business plan that I'm putting together so there'll be more on that to come too because I've not quite finished that. I've also s- started getting into the thick of the plot of my next writing project which is a YA fiction novel. I'm hoping to get something together to put in for a competition called the Hungerford Award which is a local press here in Western Australia, Fremantle Press, who are running the award but it closes on the 17th of March and I'm not sure if it's the work's going to be ready by then so we'll just have to wait and see but I am loving start of a new project, entering a new world. It's not quite a new world because it's kind of set in the south of Western Australia and um so yeah, but it's just so fictitious and it's nice to just world build and make stuff up in a small town, which is just what I love. I love small town stories and uh, yeah, I don't really feel like I've written many. So this is probably a first for me and I love the characters, the protagonist in this, the female and it's told from like a male and a female's perspective and it's a love story uh, and there's lots to it as well. So I'm very, very excited. I can't say too much more because I actually don't know <laughs> myself either. So it's all, all exciting there. If you reside in Perth or Australia at the moment, you're probably like me, sitting absolutely sweating buckets of sweat, having our heat wave at the moment. And I think that it's hard to say, but just enjoy because, you know, winter will be with us soon enough and we'll all be freezing. But, you know, I I definitely, autumn's my favourite month. Uh, My birthday's in May. I'm an autumn gal through and through because in Australia, it's just, you know, it's coming off these heat waves we're in like the 40s which is it's not enjoyable you can't be outside else you know and even up north it's in the 50s you know I don't know how these people don't just combust it's uh you know it's crazy so it's nice when autumn comes and just that heat dies out and it's still sunny though and but you're still wrapped up a bit more and you know the colors change and I just really look forward to that last night I went out with some ladies from Squibby the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators and we chatted Squibby business because I'm also the newsletter editor of Squibby West Australia West and the social media coordinator that's what a volunteer role I have Uh, yeah we went for dinner at uh gosh it was like an Asian fusion place I suppose Uh, it was called Long Chim and had some drinks and we actually went to the Perth concert hall and saw it was like uh, a sort of uh, in conversation with Henry Winkler so for those who don't know him because I actually thought I know that name and I have to look it up and it was the Fonz Arthur Arthur Fonzarelli you know from Happy Days Sunday Monday Happy Days I don't think that's how it goes but (laughs) 
the theme tune's been going through my mind all day because I put a post on social media and it, of our pictures of us being there and yeah I put that on as the theme tune and it was just great like it was absolutely packed out and he was such a lovely guy really positive powerful messages he spreads about putting one foot in front of the other as creatives towards your dream you know perf- people who are trying to be perfectionists uh, perfectionists are just going to be still being perfecting perfection for the rest of their lives because there's no such thing and it's really all about putting yourself out there taking steps towards your living your dreams and he talked about his career obviously his family his children he answered questions in the audience and then uh he gave everyone a picture at the end now the queues were massive and we were just like oh nah and then as we were walking out because he's actually a children's author he has written like 40 odd books for children uh with lynn oliver who is the head honcho across at squibby in america like squibby headquarters the the original squibby they've they've collaborated together with children's books and um yeah so so we quickly managed to get a picture with him before anybody else and um sneaked out but yeah so you can check over check out pictures over on social media and feel like i haven't been out to many events lately and, and then they all feel like they're coming at once i suppose now that i've had i've got the women's fiction project out the way and there's still some business admin stuff i need to tidy up then i will truly feel like everything i wanted to do last year is done obviously a little later than planned but as long as it gets done that's the main point so I, i've got a book launch this weekend i'm meeting up with a bunch of other squibby people um there's a few more events this 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 month again with squibby they've, they've got quite a lot happening uh, at the writers festival as well lots of western australian authors presenting so no doubt i'll float along to a few of those and we have a night with our stars coming up in march there's just it just feels like the calendar of events for 2024 probably within the children's fiction writing (laughs) genre has just exploded so if you're you're not out there yet get out there and meet some local authors if even in your own backyard if you're not if you're listening in from a different country check out where you're at what what's in your neighborhood what events are there because i tell you what it just fills you with inspiration even going to see the fawns last night he was just such a great speaker. Like I got a lot out of it. I got a really good message and just spurs you on to just lights you up to to keep going, to keep going forward in the face of your dreams to do the things you want to do. Just do them really. And that also is a message that comes through in the upcoming interview with Joel McCarroll. He talks about, you know, those that do and those that don't. And that's the difference. And uh, yeah, it's a, a great interview from Joel coming up now. Based out of Melbourne, Australia, Joel McCarroll is an award-winning writer, keynote speaker, creativity specialist, children's author, educator, and having performed for hundreds of thousands of people throughout the world, is one of Australia's most successful internationally touring performance poets. His first junior fiction graphic novel is Urban Legend Hunters, The Dreaded Mr. Snipe, which is due for release with Larrikin House Publishers in early 2024. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Joe. Thank you. It's fabulous to be here getting to chat to you today. Oh, we're thrilled to have you. Thanks for coming on. So we'll just get right in if you can tell us how you got into writing and publishing. Oh, sure. No worries. So um, as you heard from my bio there, I'm kind of only really beginning to write over the last year or two or three, beginning to write, kind of getting into the fiction side of things. But I've been a full-time poet for the last 
oh, what, 15 years now, poetry has been my uh, my life. So writing, I'm a performance poet, so I do a lot of touring around the world, getting to perform at festivals and conferences and, and just touring, doing shows all over the place. So my life has kind of been a touring poet and... And I've got lots of books and albums and that kind of thing. And then COVID hit and all of the touring stopped. And I just, I'd started getting into writing kind of fiction, more fiction style and kids fiction style just before COVID. And then when COVID hit, I obviously couldn't do anything else except homeschool my kids and and write. So I really started writing a lot of fiction Um over the over the time of COVID, and then that has has now led into into this series coming out in 2024. And so, yeah, it's it kind of my life has been poetry and writing for a long time, and now it's it's begun to to move into the fiction side of things. Oh, amazing! And uh, it, it kind of blows my mind, or maybe I'm, I'm small minded or living under a rock that you've had <laughs> such a career as like a poet, because I think like the stereotypes with poet is uh, either it's a dying art or you can't make any money or not make a career out of it so it's amazing to hear that you've had such a fruitful career as well taking all over the world with the poetry yeah it's been uh, it's been a a hard slog of course as well i mean similar i suppose in in some ways probably to the whole idea of the hybrid author of bringing in different not just sticking to one particular Mm. genre in writing but also not just sticking to one particular writing form so uh, and in terms of my career i think it's it's really taken off because it's included lots and lots of different things. So I go into schools and perform and I, and I do festivals and conferences. And I, uh, as I said, I got write books and I do albums. And so I have kind of a whole plethora of, of different things that have all come together over the years to, to, I think, allow it to be my full-time thing, but there's not too many of us full-time, yeah. full-time poets <laughs> in, especially in Australia. There's a few, there's a few, but not too many. Oh, well, that's amazing. So going, getting into the graphic novels, like you said, obviously mm. COVID, took away the the traveling with the poetry and it's still the gift that keeps on giving as we just spoke I've just gotten over COVID so it's still very much <laughs> right. around but we're living with it and uh, yeah. getting on with life so w- with the graphic novels why graphic novels was it is that something your kids enjoyed and then you enjoyed reading together or was this just so your your book that that you've you've got coming out and and the idea for the series did that just you got that from from reading with your kids and things? Yeah, my kid has been a big part of it and and still is. So we've, uh, I think probably, probably it was just before COVID as well that I really started getting into graphic novels with my son. So he's, what is he now? He's nine now. So it was kind of right at that age of moving from picture books into kind of junior fiction graphic and illustrated junior fiction kind of things. It was about that time. So starting to read that and really loving the format. And obviously as a, as a poet, I'm a very visual kind of person playing metaphor and similes and imagery and that's been my life and then seeing uh seeing these junior fiction stories played out with illustration and then more the straight graphic novel style getting into uh into books like Lightfall there's a beautiful graphic novel series called Lightfall by Tim Probert and and the Amulet series uh and uh, Jason Pamant, who's an Australian author, he's got a, a few different graphic novels. So to, yeah, basically was getting into them through reading to my kids and loving, just loving the style. And I'd never really been in my teenage years. I'd never really gotten into the comic book side of things. I'd I'd read a few scattered ones over the years, but then have since, especially over the last five years, I've just become obsessed with graphic novels and reading them and comic books and going back through the all the old DC comics and Marvel comics and um, and just 
just loving it. So definitely started with my kids and then and then became my kind of focus as well with a lot of my writing. So with Urban Legend Hunters, this series that I'm bringing out, but then also writing in a, a bunch of other series at the moment that that takes up that similar genre of, of graphic novel. Mm, yeah, it's a massive market, graphic novels, isn't it? I've wrote, I can only say I've read a couple, but uh, when I venture into the library and I look at the, you know, like the YA section and stuff, I guess uh, manga, is that is that classified as a graphic novel? Yeah, yeah, manga yeah. is a huge, a huge component of it. Yeah, yeah and well, a they, lot of... Sorry, you go. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, yeah, a lot of, like so many of the librarians and a lot of the publishers and agents and stuff that I talk to as well, they, for junior fiction and middle grade, um, graphic novels is kind of where it's at at the moment. A lot of, mm. there's a lot of interest in them and a lot of reading of them from like, which is what's really nice is that it's from kind of your, your 10, 11, 12 year old boys, uh, like they've found a genre that they actually really love and... And where it used to be, I think, especially in schools that teachers, I think, looked down upon graphic novels as not proper, reading, not yeah. proper reading. Uh, now I think they're realizing actually this is this is the way in for so many young people, which is super exciting. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the libraries they have these. Um, well, my library anyway, these displays and stuff, and it always catches my eye on the on the way to the toilet. But the this stuff is is some of it's quite dark as well. But for like an older audience and. Uh, but even TV shows, they, they seem to have sort of reverted into comics. So, yeah, I, I feel like there's a whole whole big market that I'm not aware of out there, but it's pretty cool. And, yeah, I have heard that it's on the rise with, with young yeah. people. And I think anything that gets them to pick up a book and, and read anything is fantastic. So It is no, wonderful. Yeah. Well, I can see, obviously, being a poet yourself and then going into the graphic novels being kind of like the short form as well. And you mentioned that you're quite a visual person. Do you believe you have to mm. be a visual person to be able to produce it? A graphic novel will not produce it but write one do you have to be a visual person i think you i think you have to you have to be able to see it like it is, it is a very different style to yeah. so with po i mean poetry in many ways is almost the complete opposite poetry is a very uh insular reflective uh it's all about reflective writing but with graphic novel writing you've i mean similar to screen screenwriting as well you've got dialogue and you've got action and you've got the scene and the illustration that comes with it and that has to communicate what's happening at the deeper level and so i think i think f you've got to be able to kind of see that not just to see kind of the a lot of writing that we do is that more reflective or universal or mm -hmm. abstract conceptual but to see the story play out in your mind and so i think that probably we all have that ability especially because we we've been all of us brought up on tv shows and uh, and movies etc we all have that ability i think to see things visually play out in scenes but it's definitely a different way of thinking and writing hugely so than than poetry but also probably than fiction as well i think it's much more akin to to screenwriting yeah for tv shows and and movies and that kind of stuff oh that's great yeah i haven't heard it put that way but that's really interesting and i have had experience with writing tv scripts and films and stuff like that so to tackle it in that way is really yeah that makes sense <laughs> Yeah, yeah, even in the way even in the way that I write it. So what I give to my publisher, to Larrikin House, is uh, I'm not the illustrator. The illustrator is Wayne Bryant, stunning illustrator of the novels. But so what I give to them is kind of a essentially what 
what my book looks like. It's quite an interesting, I suppose, interweaving of two different styles as well. So it's graphic novel style, but it also has kind of narration. So it's narration that's highly illustrated that then moves into more graphic novel style panels for dialogue and action, kind of that paneling that you might think of, of with comic books and graphic novels. So it's this interweaving between narration and graphic novel in narration and graphic novel coming back and forth. So it's quite a unique style in that sense as well. And the way that I kind of write it up is the narration as normal narration would be, but more as kind of in a poetic kind of set out way. So different line breaks and things like that. And then and then the dialogue points are just like you would with a screenplay writing dialogue for each character. And then with illustration notes kind of written next to them for the, obviously the illustrator adds in whatever they feel as they're going as well. But for the key, I kind of put in what the illustrations that I really want to see in there as well. So it's a different, st- definitely, definitely a unique style of writing it up as well, what I give to my publishers. Yeah, that's amazing. And did they request it like that? Or had you just done some research? That's how you're going to lay it out and give it to them more? It kind of naturally formed like that. So I'd actually, I pitched it originally to them as as a well, I kind of had had the idea and wasn't sure yet whether it would be a picture book or an kind of junior fiction illustrated or graphic novel. And so it was just in the kind of working out of the book that we worked it out as kind of a whole series and that we worked it out in that kind of unique style and how, how we'd write it together. So in some ways that came simply through I think the natural process of writing it with the editors there at Larrikin House. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, please tell us about the books and the series. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so Urban Legend Hunters. So the first one is called The Dreaded Mr. Snipe. Uh, and uh, it's about some kids who uh, are at their school campsite and telling the ghost story of the dreaded Mr. Snipe, uh, who no one knows exactly who he is. They just know he's the old wrinkly man who lives next to the school campsite who takes the footballs and the soccer balls that are kicked over the fence. He comes out with a with a samurai sword and he cuts them in half with a <laughs> with a maniacal smile and laugh in, in his eyes. And so it's kind of all based around this storytelling moment, which as a storyteller, as a poet, we kind of love to shape it around that. So Jeremy Jubaya invites some kids to, what do we call it? The Urban Legend Hunters Nighttime Terror Extravaganza. <laughs> storytelling by the fire and tells them this story of the dreaded Mr. Snipe. And then the next day, of course, the Samantha Small, who's our kind of main protagonist, uh, kicks the ball over the fence and and has to go and find it. And, and while she's there, drops a ring, uh, a precious ring of hers on the ground. And so then they have to go back at night to to try to get the ring. And and then Mr. Snipe arrives and and all hell breaks loose, essentially. <laughs> wow, I love it. That's awesome. Have you have you shared it with your kids? I have, yes. I've read it. I it's they're they're some of my greatest critics and and supporters. I, I always read my stuff with my kids actually, because I think they I'm very passionate about books should be written. Mm. I mean, we kind of say they are, but books should be written for the kids, for a kid to pick up. And this is what Larrikin House is all about as well, which is one of the reasons why I love them, is that we should be writing books that kids will pick up and they will love, they will laugh their heads off and be entertained by and and really enjoy often often i think we can write kind of books that we say are for kids but they're a bit more for us which is totally fine that's a genre in and of itself i suppose I think these 
these books. So I've loved, I've loved reading them to my kids. They have laughed a lot at just the right moments and given me weird looks of, I don't even know what that means, dad, when I've said stuff and I'm like, oh, that's something you better change then. Um, <laughs> but they, they love urban legend hunters. My daughter, even just the other day, she's like, dad, next year for, for book week, I'm going to dress up as oh, Samet the cool. small. Oh, that, <laughs> that's, that's super amazing. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. like a goal of mine, I think, to, to put a book out and see someone wearing a character book week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a, a yeah, bucket list for sure. That's really cool. That is great. Yeah, and so that's nice. Yeah, I, I agree as well. I think obviously, like as an older adult, and and uh, you know, writing in the children's fiction genres and stuff like that, you can have these ideas, and uh, you're sort of tapping into, I guess, when you were a kid, and and some some stuff, obviously, feelings and things can spill over to still be the same today. But there's a lot that's changed and a lot that's different. And yeah, yeah. definitely getting from the kids' perspectives, uh, good. So. Well, you've already shared so much, Joel, but do you have any sort of pieces of information you wanted to share with other writers or like aspiring authors who want to write in the graphic novel genre? Ah, oh, sure. Yeah. What? So what I would say is... I think if you have an idea, sit down and write the thing. As in someone once said to me that a very simple statement, but it's really true, especially with writing, is the difference between those who do something and those who don't do something is that those who do something do something. <laughs> uh, as in the only way with all the stuff that I write, the only way that it actually comes to be is when I sit down and force myself to. And I have there's the initial romantic honeymoon time that you have with an idea and you get those, those first first things out, whether it's a first scene or whether you plot it out and you've got the idea in your head. But truly the difference that I've seen between those who actually bring something out into the world and those who don't is is simply that those who, who do, they sit there and they push through when the honeymoon phase ends and they show up and they write, they do the hard work, they they allow them and in doing the hard work, they allow themselves the grace of just writing a really crappy first draft, allowing it to be what it is and then being able to work on it. All the kind of stuff that you would hear from any author, I think if you can give yourself the grace of, of writing whatever wants to come out but then give yourself the the discipline and the kick up the butt to actually do the work. They're the they're the two magical things I think that brings something together. Yeah, that's probably what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Well, that's it, hey, isn't it? Sit down and, and get it done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And get get through all those uh roadblocks that can arise. I've spent a lot of time noticing my process over the last uh, probably a couple of years and I'm very easily distracted to sit down and get up and go to the toilet, sit down and go and make a cup of tea. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I will go off on a, a tangent, but I've noticed that about myself now. And also rereading over like longer form works. I used to spend a lot of time, you know, say writing a paragraph and I go back and reread it over and then write a sentence, reread. Oh my gosh, the, the time I must have spent just trying to make it all flow. And now I've I've kind of kicked that bad habit because it was really not it was some it was a procrastination I think for sure yeah, so yeah don't, don't yeah. do that anymore um <laughs> but yes well obviously landing a traditional publishing deal as well is what many mm. aspire to and Larkin mm -hmm. Publishing House are fantastic so did you guys make the connection together and what is your advice for you know authors trying to get a trad pub deal yeah totally well this is a funny story in and of itself actually so we <laughs> we met at Somerset Story Fest which is one of the big schools literary festivals up in of, of Australia up in Gold Coast and we met uh, and actually this is something that I would say is 
to to people wanting to be published in the traditional publishing world is I, I think so many of the authors that I've spoken to who have been published, it's been through some kind of personal connection. Of course, there's the w- one or two who will get through the the slush pile of just sending it into to people. But if you can like there's there's festivals and there's conferences things like there's like kid lit victoria over here i know that put you in the room you get kind of five minutes or ten minutes to hang out with an agent or a publisher and pitch to something to them so many of the authors that i know who have had things published it's been through a personal connection where you where they know your name and they know your face if you can do that somehow if you can work out how to do that even if you've got to spend 200 bucks to go to a festival or a conference like that and put yourself out there i think you're going to be much more successful in in getting things through that kind of initial door that so many of us find blocked for a long time so so for me that's that's what happened. So as I said, I, I've been touring, doing conferences and festivals for 15 years and so and lots within the school scene and the that that age range. And so I was invited as a poet up to uh, Somerset Story Fest to perform and run workshops on poetry. And as I was doing that, I was sitting in the green room and, and hadn't met um, Danny V and James Layton, who are the the crew from Larrikin House before. Uh, and so just started getting chatting to them and and they were telling me about Larrikin House and they said, oh, we've, we're always looking for aspiring authors. Have you got something that you want to pitch to us? And I said to them at that point, I said, yep, I'll, um, I'll pitch it to you tomorrow, if that sounds okay. And they were like, sure. So I um, um, so I actually went back to the hotel and I and I wrote it <laughs> that that afternoon. So I'd had the idea in my head on the on the plane on the way up. I'd had the idea from a memory of mine of being being kids in our backyard and um, and the old angry neighbor over the fence who would come out and yell at us if our balls went over the fence. And so I had this kind of creative idea. What if that neighbor was actually something much more sinister than just an angry, cranky old neighbor? And that idea was in my head that I had in the plane of like, oh, I could write something up. And then when they asked me that, and I knew they, Larrikin House is very much about comedy based. And I didn't have anything specific. I'd written a whole bunch of stuff, fiction, but hadn't had anything specifically comedy to the extent that Larrikin House wanted. And I was like, I can, I can do it. And and so I so I said to them, yeah, I'll pitch it to you tomorrow. So I went and wrote it as a, I wrote it initially, as I said, as kind of a, was about a thousand word, not sure whether it was going to be kind of picture book, junior fiction illustrated or what it was and pitched that to them the next day, the idea and what it looked like and, and everything. And they said, we love it. But yeah, we we reckon it's graphic novel. What if you go and add another kind of fourteen thousand words essentially to it over the next few months? But we're we're keen to sign it. We're keen to to do it. So such a random story. But and and in some ways, like the only way that I uh, I've reflected on it since. Partly, it's I don't know that saying that that anything creative is ten percent skill and ninety percent courage and. or dumb luck to say, I can do this and I'm going to go and do it. And so I I just, in some ways, I had the personal connection. I've worked damn hard at my craft for 15 years so that I know that if I say, yep, I can do this, I'll go home and I'll be able to do it. And Mm. then the courage courage and the bravery to to, to believe that enough in myself that I can go and do that and pitch it to them. And it all kind of stemmed from there. So very random story, but it's kind of- You say random, but it sounds to me like it was meant to be. Do you know what I mean? Like you had that. idea on the way there and then you sort of met them and then you you kind of pitched it and they and they went for it we did have um danny v and james layton on the show last year last year being 2024 and uh i'm pretty sure if i remember the interview that they did mention yourself and said i think danny said we've just seen him and we had to have him (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, they're um, great. They're such yeah. a wonderful crew. A great publisher. If anyone is looking at publishing comedy, definitely, definitely chat to the Larrikin House guys. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, that's really, really good advice, Joe. And uh, we're really, really excited for the books when they come out. Huge congratulations to yourself. Can Thank you, you share with our audience, you know, where can they discover all your works that you do and everything on and offline? Sure. Yeah. So joelmacero.com is my website, uh, M-C-K-E-R-R-O-W, joelmacero.com. And that has, that's kind of got either the links or everything that I do. So obviously through Instagram and it's kind of my main socials as well, but um, the website will have the links to the, to the books, uh, Urban Legend Hunters and to uh, the podcast that I do and to different online courses that I run and all the different things that I do. But that, that would be the place, joelmacero.com. Oh, well, that was amazing, Joe. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Great to chat. Thanks, Joe. So there you have it, folks. The lovely larrikin, Joe McCarrow, and some great graphic novel tips he shares. Look out for his Urban Legend Hunters book series, releasing with Larrikin House, publishing house in the next month or two, I believe. And uh, yeah, they, they just look fantastic. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have Chris Trammell, creator, head coach and CEO of The Author Launchpad, a program where he helps authors, speakers and experts make an impact. I wish you well in your author venture this next week. That's it from me. It's bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.